This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome once again to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are continuing in our list of 350 good questions to ask and tying those in with Line Dance. Last you heard from us was last night on our way to Stoney's Rock and Rodeo for some line dancing funness. And today we are on our way to Relay for Life, uh, being hosted by LD Valley or LDVALI. Uh, you can also look that up under the host's name, V. Allen Isidro. And we are going to be teaching a few dances upon arrival. We've got Megan with My Uber Driver. And I believe I will be doing My Sweet Love Bug, uh, both of which were taught at uh, Pikes Peak Line Dancer Bust. And we may also squeeze in a dance that was originally taught as Backward Babe, but I believe the name on the step sheet now is Girls Like You, Babe, to the song Girls Like You. That'll be coming up in about an hour and a half. Until then, here are 350 good questions to ask, starting from... Number 103, what's your worst example of procrastination? We have definitely procrastinated on a finishing, lot of finishing dances, um, step sheets, or sending to choreography competitions. Yes, we like to, we definitely like to wait till the absolute last possible moment to where we're squeaking in due to uh, time changes. And uh, different time zones. Yeah, and with deadlines, the thing is, if it's something I really care about, I want as much time as possible to make sure it's as good as it possibly can be. So I'll be worrying about it until the last minute, whether um, it has all of the things I want it to have and whether it has cut all of the things that shouldn't have been in it. Dances are no exception. Yeah. I guess my worst in the past calendar year was probably when I sent my sheets for Vegas Dance Explosion so close to the end of the deadline period that Doug and Jackie were already in the air flying toward somewhere and they didn't check their emails until they got on the ground and once they got there they didn't have a printer so they couldn't print out submissions. So I ended up not entering the competition for Vegas Dance Explosion um, last November 2017. And this year, the winners are, I think, if not all, then mostly local. So that's kind of exciting to know that uh, the folks that that did get all their stuff in and and win it are people that we know. Some people uh, we may be seeing in the next month at various socials and whatnot. True story. Yep. Do you have one that sticks out? I have a couple. Um, non-dance related. Living situations. Uh-huh. Definitely have procrastinated in trying to figure out where I'm going to be living. To the point where it's gotten me in the hot seat a few times now. Um, fortunately, I have amazing friends and family through dance that have been more than gracious enough to help me out when I jump from, you know, boiling water to frying pan kind of feeling. Um, 
our passports. Yes, we have both. We have definitely slacking. Procrastinated on that, and for no logical reason. It's we just, so easy. It seems like we just forget. Like, it, it's not one of those things where you need to remember your keys, so you put them on top of your phone, and then you remember both your keys and your phone. The passport, when you get home, just doesn't come up in daily life. Right. So yeah, there's definitely that. Um, TSA pre-check goes along with that. That would help us a lot. Yeah. Booking flights and hotels. I think that is less procrastination and more... Where Finance? will the money come from? Yes. And uh, as much as I like to maintain like the ideal window of... Don't pay too far in advance because it'll be expensive. Don't pay too sh- close to the date because it'll be expensive. Try to get it in the middle. You know, we, we do the best we can with, um, with what is available. Sometimes I think our eyes are bigger than our stomach and we just want to go to all the places, which means paying for all the things, sometimes all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Which can hurt. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we have a nice little break. Yes. You have a little bit bigger break than me, but little break. <laughs> yeah, Windy City just went down. I saw the uh, the price for the flight that I was looking at, 419 round trip, just went down to 383 round trip. Really? So, yeah, I might, might need uh, to get on that. Might do that. Um, Eat rice and corn and spinach and eggs a little longer. Yeah. So, another thing I've noticed with my procrastinating, and I know it happens to you as well because we've discussed it before. I don't know if we discussed it on the show or not. But I find myself accomplishing other things while I'm procrastinating doing something else. Yep. Like, for instance, if I'm procrastinating, you know, doing laundry or something like that, I'll end up choreographing a dance. Or if I'm supposed to be learning dances, I'll end up clean my room. Or, like, totally polar opposites of what I should be doing in a priority list. But still something I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, there's a quote, something to the effect of, um, life is what happens while you're waiting for life to happen. And when you are supposed to be doing something and you think, well, this time in between doesn't really count, so I'm just going to do this other stuff, that actually is your life and those are the choices that you're making. But they just seem to fall in the cracks somewhere. So, I definitely know I do that, too. So, I do accomplish things, just not what I should be accomplishing in that moment of time. Right. So. Next up, we have possibly a personal question, but I think I have a couple positive examples. Who has zero filter between their brain and mouth? And a couple people that come to mind in a positive way are Louis St. George and Scott Blevins. They will always give you their honest opinion if you are willing to listen to it. And sometimes you need to be careful if you're if you're not ready, if you're asking for critique on a dance or something that you're not sure if you're ready to hear about, uh, you need to really think about how you word that and what you are uh, prepared to accept as the truth from their mouths. Like, they will tell you, but you just have to know you asked for it. True. That's 
That's certainly a tough one. And you know, I've thought about this with Joe. I think she just doesn't... I mean, I've wondered, like, does she ever have these thoughts that she doesn't speak or does she just not have the thoughts to begin with? I wonder. She might just really not have a filter because she only thinks these good things. She has such a positive outlook on people and life and what people's intent is and, you know, what, uh, what she envisions. And I think that the things that she says are all true and honest and she's not really stopping herself from saying anything otherwise. She's just saying what comes to mind, which is something good. Then we have a very high opinion of Joe. We do. Um, I hope that your hypothesis is true. However, I have a slightly more cynical look, I guess you could say, and just know that she's just that good of a person that she realizes if she's going to say anything, it needs to be in a encouraging way that can help someone grow and develop as opposed to cut them down to size. One of the positive filters I've heard is like, is this, is what I'm about to say loving, kind, or necessary? And yep. it's not one of those, it doesn't need to be said. Yeah, which I, I try really hard to do myself. I know we've talked about the idea of like, I don't like to say something unless it's going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, I sometimes put my foot in my mouth. It happens. We're human. Yeah. I, I forgive myself for that occasional slip up. Um, and just try harder again the next time. But, yeah, my mom used to say that I didn't have a filter. And I was like, oh, mom, if you only knew. <laughs> um, I'm very... I'm very careful with how I word things because... If I'm going to take the time to tell you something, I want you to be able to hear it and listen. Yeah. And so I like to talk to individuals in a way in which they will receive that information. For instance, like how I speak with you is completely different than how I speak with my sister. Um, because you guys react to different things differently. So you're going to hear things differently. And so I want to make sure that my point is as clear as possible when I'm trying to say something. And that I don't hurt anybody's feelings by accident because I worded something in a vague sentence that you could then interpret. I'd rather it just be, hey, guess what? The sky's blue today. Can it just be a fact? Next up, uh-oh, number 105, what was your most recent lie? We'll leave on time today. <laughs> Pick a day that probably applies. Pretty much. Yeah. For um, me, I think that there, I mean, I always mean well, and I intend to leave at the time that I set out for, but so consistently, I'm, I incorrectly estimate the time it will take for certain things to get done in preparation for places. Whenever I show up to a place, I'm very prepared, but all that preparation has a time cost. And yeah. I don't think about some things until I'm just about out the door and I'm like, oh, I should probably blah, which makes me remember to do blah, and then a bunch of other things that if I had left on time, I would have forgotten and probably needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a big one for me. Um, 
guess that would be like the closest. The other than that is the. It's hard because it's not. A, it's not really a lie, but it's not really like the honest truth. Like when strangers like, "How are you doing today?" and like, it's whatever moment that you're in is not a spectacular moment. I try and do the overall. I'm doing really good. Because it's like, overall, the day is good, even though this exact moment is not. So it's not exactly a lie, but it's not exactly like a full truth. I don't know. It's one of those weird gray areas. Because, you know, when you're dealing with a, a client or a customer or whatever, they don't want to hear your life story. So... Really get into it much. One of the lies I've heard on stage that isn't really a lie, it's just sort of tongue in cheek, is when, let's say, a choreographer is teaching some 96 count ABC dance and they're like 24 counts in, and they're like, all right, we're almost done, eight more counts to go in part A. <laughs> Little things like that, I kind of enjoy that. Yeah. Or uh, sometimes people will do the, um, I don't know if you can handle this part, and then it's like four walks. I've seen that. Sometimes it's all right. As long as everyone knows what's really being said. Yeah. Yeah. 106. When was the last time you immediately regretted something you said? I'm typically pretty careful before I say things, so I don't know. But go ahead. You look like Evelyn. I'm trying to think of, like, an example. Because, like, the when the last time thing is always a hard thing. Because it's not like it's a common thing that happens to me every single day. Um, I do have those moments where it's like, oh, that is not what I meant to say at all, no matter how hard I try and, and word it. Sometimes it just doesn't come out right. It happens. I think I have one. Uh, it was when I had called somebody who was riding in the car with like, like four other people. They were on our on their way to teaching at a line dance function, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, uh, maybe I can call you back tonight." And I didn't really think about like specifically when I would do it, so I didn't like put it in my calendar. It's just one of those offhand things you say, like after a short conversation, you think, "Oh, well, I'd want to talk more." But then when you think about it later, it's like, well, I really don't know what to say. We already pretty much got caught up in that short conversation. And then, like, time gets on, and, you know, other things happen over the course of the the evening, and then you don't call back. So then you think, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll call back the next day. But then, again, there isn't really, like, a reason why to call. And then you don't, again, you don't really have anything new to say. And then you end up never calling back. So I, I know that about myself, so I should not have said, I'll just call you back later. I kind of knew that might not happen. So I'm, I remember hearing that from myself and thinking, oh man, now I'm on the hook. I got to call back. Yeah. I don't know. There's... There's very few times that I can really recall like specific examples of like foot in the mouth kind of situation 
Have you chewed anybody out and regretted it? Not in years. <laughs> I wasn't sure if, like, being a manager or anything, you were like... Oh, gosh, I was... You're the worst employee ever. No, 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 no. I was so not that manager at all. No, I was everybody's best friend. And so they felt really, really bad when they let me down. <laughs> There's a trick to it. <laughs> um... If you treat your employees with respect and dignity and they enjoy their job and they enjoy working with you, they will work ten times harder for you so you don't have to chew them out. Um, I'm trying to think. I know I've said a few things, like, in the first time I spoke with Rachel that I was like, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go hide now because that was embarrassing. Um... kind of thing. I mean, a few of the things that I've said could have been really, really bad, but went over really well with, like, a few people. Um, I'm not sure if it's on record or not, but how I met Amy in Vegas, like, that could have been really bad, but it ended up being really funny. So, uh, Feel free to try and find that in the Vegas episodes that we have. I think there's, what, five of them or six of them. Um, A lot of times it's more of a vulnerability for me when I, when I, like, I guess lack of better term, regret something I've said. Like, Oh, I wish I didn't just throw myself on the railroad tracks like that. Um, But for the most part, it's been, you know, received well. And so, like, it's like, okay, well, I still don't like that I willingly opened up that part about me. But they didn't, like, scorn me for it. So I guess it's okay. Okay. What would be the best thing you could reasonably expect to find in a cave. Wow. That's number 107. Some kind of interesting animal life, probably, for me. I'm thinking dark. (laughs) Maybe wet. (laughs) The best thing you could expect? I don't know. The best thing... It's a cave! If there were, like, a tide pool, I think that would be really cool. If it were, like, a a cave near an ocean... you know what? I know how to answer this. An adventure. Okay. I like that. That's legitimate. Not like a scary hobo circle or something. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Number 108. What did you think was going to be amazing but turned out to be horrible? These negative questions. I've definitely had high expectations for some dance nights and then found out that it ends up being mostly partner dancing and dances that I'm not the most enthusiastic to do stuff we've been doing for years and I've already done as many variations as I can muster while still feeling like I'm dancing that night there there have been enough nights like that but mostly I just kind of go eh and then let them go and then learn my lesson and don't go back for a little while so that I really look forward to it the next time I go Okay. You have a look on your face. I do, because it's such an awful answer. 
I was gonna say my marriage. Oh wow! <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like coming home from Windy City and finding your house burned down. <laughs> that was pretty hard too. Yeah. But <laughs> oh gosh, oh, I'm such a not good person right now. That's oh, okay. He probably doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> he definitely doesn't listen to the podcast. But he would agree with you, <laughs> or, or agree with me, nonetheless. Um, no, honestly, I've definitely, I've definitely been met with the realization that I need to have more realistic expectations of certain things. Yeah. Um, I enjoy the good story, though. So it also depends on what it is. Like, I've had those few dance nights where it's like, this is going to be an amazing night, and then something happens during the night that it's like, oh, wow, that was not what I expected at all. Okay, now how to bounce back from that. Um, I have since learned that, you know, like, for me, going to Stoney's Rock and Rodeo on a Wednesday night is not an ideal environment for me. This is college night, very crowded. Yeah, very crowded, lots of people. Loud. Very loud, very, very warm, even when it's a cold night, because there's just so much body heat in there. Um, and it's, it's just not ideal for me. It's not the best circumstance in which I can be. So I've learned to have a real expectation if I go on a Wednesday night what to expect. It's not going to be a whole lot of room and dances that I would prefer to spend my time dancing. Um, More as just, you know, catering to the masses. Which, the good news is the masses have a lot of fun, but... You know, I can't, it's not one of those that we would be able to request a new dance that we had just learned because there would be no time or space. It would just be us taking up from, I'm going to just rep, you know, a hundred people dancing. It's like the nights when folks that we know from Line Dance Club come to one of our nights when there are a lot of beginners. They know that, yes, there are a lot of people having fun and they're all learning dances but it might not be the night for them because they already know all these dances or they want to do something more complicated and that would alienate uh, the beginners if we did too many of them. So they know know, what venues or what nights or what conditions are best for them to get to do the dances they want to do, just like we know better for us what nights and where to go for the dances we want to do. Yeah, so I wouldn't say like if they've turned out to be a horrible night or whatever... But it's definitely been a, a you know eye-opening. Here's where you need to set your expectations. Um, I knew even just last night. I knew last night wasn't going to be the all-out amazing nostalgic night that was going to be like something to rave about because it's been such a short time since I've gone and experienced those dances and that environment and it's not typical that we even find ourselves there on a Friday Um, but because I had the expectations of that I was actually able to have a lot of fun on the dances I did participate in and of course you know seeing our friend Keith was was fun and amazing like that was why we drove out there so that was worth it 
Um, so it just made it so that I didn't go home with a man. I really didn't dance a whole lot because they really didn't play anything. Versus, oh no, I actually really enjoyed the dances I danced. It, it's just a matter of the perspective you set up for yourself. Um, definitely have to have to say that um, the Windy City coming home thing was not exactly what was I was expecting. Ended up being a very very hard night. I don't I don't even know if I could say horrible at this point. Like it was a very traumatic experience, very emotional, something that I'm still currently processing. But I think it's just like all the things because it's been so long that I've been able to experience since then has just helped me really, really grow and appreciate the fact that something like that had to happen in order for all these other things to happen. Yeah, I remember us thinking at the beginning of the year, especially after winning the uh, world championship for Can't Walk Away, like, I was thinking, wow, you know, some stuff might have happened in 2017, but 2018 feels like it's going to be a good year. So far, it has been. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some, you know, roller coaster moments, but all in all, I think 2018 has just been a really, really fun experience. So. Number 109. What bit of trivia do you know that is very interesting but also very useless? I'm going to go with the cliche one of um, your the caps on the ends of your shoelaces are called aglets. Useless. You don't really need to ever refer to them by a word because you never talk about shoelace tips, but that's what they're called. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of useless information. I've had a lot of interesting jobs. Um, I don't know if I can say, like, specific off the top of my head like that, but I know a lot of, like, movie trivia. <laughs> Doesn't really help me in my current positions. What's Xander's last name in Buffy? Xander Harris. There you go. Useless information, but, uh... He also has a twin brother. Oh, wait a second. It also said very interesting. So my shoelace one doesn't count. <laughs> well, it depends on who you're talking to. The twin brother's kind of interesting. I had no idea. You didn't I, know that the actor actually has a twin brother? I did not know that. Yeah. There's an episode in which he actually gets split in half for two different personalities. So his brother was able to play his other personality. Oh, okay. Here is some useless but interesting information from Terminator 2. I believe the person who played Sarah Connor has either a twin sister or a very close lookalike, but I'm pretty sure it's a twin. And during the scene when she's opening up Arnold Schwarzenegger's scalp, uh, or Terminator's scalp, T-800, I think, um, to do some, I don't know, maintenance or like check something that's going on in his brain, they look like they're in front of a mirror. But what's actually happening so that the camera wouldn't be in the shot is it's not a mirror. It's the other person on the other side of an empty frame mimicking the actions of the people on the close side. So on the far side, what looks like the mirror reflection is Arnold and... Sarah Connor's sister 
And then on the close side, the back of Arnold's head is actually, I believe, a dummy, which is how they were able to get, like, inside there and do the whatever neural circuitry surgery stuff. So you don't really need to know that, but I find it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's always it's, it's always one of those things where it's like it could be interesting to somebody. Yeah. It could be useful to somebody. Oh, dance wise, uh, Georgia Peaches to get back up on my soapbox is not really a dance. It's the cowboy hip hop, but it was made two walls. It was taught as Georgia Peaches because they danced it to that song, and then it got listed on local places as the dance Georgia Peaches. But it's not really a dance. Uh, it is just cowboy hip hop made into two walls and called by the name of a song. There are many like this. You can go to one of the other episodes where I rant about all of them. Uh, Kind of interesting. And if you're just the person who wants to go out and have fun and dance to something and not worry about it, then it's also useless. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. Oh. Interesting, maybe useless. Tropicana parking lot supposedly named after the parking lot in which it was choreographed. Uh, at the Tropicana Hotel. I always find that fun and interesting, so. But it's like, we don't know the name, we don't know, like, the reason for slap and leather or tush push, other than it kind of describes what you do in the dance. So, there isn't, like, if we never found out what the real story is, we would just be like, okay, you know, it's not, like, the most useful that we need to know about it, but uh, it is still interesting if we did. So on a completely random side note, for yes. those of you who can't see it, San Francisco looks amazing right now. Mm. It is nice and blue and clear out. We just came through Robin Williams Tunnel. We are approaching the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm not used to seeing it look so bright. Yeah, yeah if we're like on our way to a Quick Steppers or Boots and Buckles social, then it's a lot darker usually. Because when we were going a little more regularly, it would have been earlier in the year and it would have gotten dark sooner. Yeah. Next question. Oh, there's lots of pretty sailboats, too. Oh, yeah. Number 110, what's the silliest thing you've seen someone get upset about? Probably how Georgia Peaches isn't really a dance. <laughs> but it's actually cowboy hip-hop, and they just made it too wall instead of song Georgia Peaches around, you know, and called it a dance. comes to mind for me. I adore you. Thank you. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. That would be one for me. I think another thing, and this is definitely like about myself in the idea of like seriously you're getting upset about this is like when they alter dances at say like the grad and whatnot and I get so annoyed and it's like really they're all having fun it's whatever regional variations let it go (laughs) yeah 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 I still don't think it's a thing but again it's a silly thing to like get upset about Number one, one, one. What animal or plant do you think should be renamed? 
Well, it's a little bit tricky because if you've seen all those fun little meme things on Facebook, they've renamed a lot of the animals. Oh, like Danger Noodle and things like that? Yeah, and like... Um, For snake. A manatee is like a floating potato or something like that. Um, I don't know. Oh, well, okay, this is a little, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say this is like questionable language or anything, but I, I've heard that the titmouse should not be called the titmouse because it is, it is neither a mouse nor anything else that is described in its name. What is it? It's like a rodent of some kind, I think. It's a, it's a mammal. Yeah. Okay. Um... I love the name, but it makes no sense. The duckbill platypus. Oh. I love the name, but like platypus? What the heck is that? <laughs> Pineapple. I saw some infographic that showed all the words that are used to describe that fruit in other languages, and they're all very similar. And then pineapple comes along and just throws everything off. It's not a pine. It doesn't grow on pine trees. It's not an apple. It doesn't even taste like one. And it's one of the few words to describe that that doesn't match, like, you know, universal language. So why be different and misdescribe it? So, yeah, that should be renamed ananas or whatever the heck it else it's called in other languages. So, quick question. Totally off topic. So, have fun with this, guys. 19th or coast? Ooh, that's a that's a tough question. It is such a nice day, but I also wouldn't want us to be late for our own teaching. But you know what might actually detour around the traffic, so let's take the coast. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Because on a busy day like this, you know, people are probably going into the city and not onto the nice sunny beaches. I think my logic might be off. Well, I think this person's trying to figure out what they're doing, and that's that. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, it looks like there are some people in shorts. I highly recommend for anybody who thinks that San Francisco is, like, overcast and we don't have real coasts for surfing and things like that. You know, on a sunny day, it cleans up nice. It really does. It's gorgeous out here. I totally forgot to stick this thing, this fast track, up in the, the dashboard. I heard it beep. You heard it beep? Well, I'm glad that you were paying attention. All right. What do we have next? Number 112. Hey, what was the best thing that happened to you today? I woke up. Uh, well, definitely waking up is a good start. It is. It's true. Um, best thing that happened to me today. I ate, so that's good. Yeah. You got to see the view through the tunnel and it the did. bridge. I remember uh, it like it was minutes ago. <laughs> um... It's nice and pretty and sunny out. I'm headed towards a wine dancing event in which we're teaching. And there's a lot of really good things happening today. Line dance related, uh, it was a very happy surprise for me when I was thinking about what t-shirt to wear to this teaching event. And I forgot that I have this nice new shirt from Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bust. And I have yet to wear it, or I had yet to wear it, until today because we haven't really gone anywhere where it would have been the most appropriate of my t-shirt choices. And today it is, because we will be seeing people at this event who we also saw 
at Pikes Peak. And we don't see these people very often. So it's nice that I had a choice in my big bag of shirts that will hopefully bring a smile to their faces as a shirt that they remember seeing very recently. So yeah, that was probably the best line dance thing related. Uh, the, the line dance thing related. Wow. The thing that happened that has a close association with line dance today. Okay. Yes. Also, I went looking for new music. I didn't find anything, but at least I felt like I got something done. <laughs> Number 113. What languages do you wish you could speak? Kickish, fluently, inside and out, backwards and forwards, without even having to think or translate from my mind. Also, maybe French, so I could sing more French songs. Um, Chinese also. Mandarin. Well, French, Italian, I think would definitely be up there on my top list of actual languages. Yes. Um, because technically, I'm uh, pretty fluent in three languages right now. Um, Amy will appreciate this. I am pretty fluent in English, in dance, and in doctor. <laughs> because translating doctor to English is tricky. <laughs> um, especially when you look at, you know, one QIDPO, you know, HS which means one, te- you know, once uh, QID is four times a day, PO is by mouth, and then HS is at bed, hours of sleep, so at bedtime. Yeah, when you said three languages, I thought for sure one of them was going to be sarcasm. But when I thought about it, you haven't really been sarcastic around me in a long time, so I appreciate that. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, I used to be pretty fluent in movie and in geek and in um, sarcasm, but... I don't know, when you just don't have a need to use them anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Italian and, and French is definitely up there on my list. Um, I think it would be really cool to um, be fluent in some type of, like, African language, too. Oh. I think this would be really unique. Mm-hmm. Um I can't think of the other one that my sister really wants to be fluent in, but that would be cool too. And I'm totally drawing a blank. So. Oh, oh yeah, and uh, I think it would be kind of fun to talk with some of our boots and buckles people who speak Mandarin. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next. One one four. What's the most pleasant sounding accent? Rachel's. Well, or Lorraine's. There are quite a few in the line dance community that I really enjoy hearing. Fred's. Rachel, Lorraine, and Fred come to mind like drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. Even Joey's kind of puts you at ease. It's that laid back southern kind of sound. Like, you know, this is just a fun lesson we're taking. You don't have to worry about it. Roy kind of gives me a similar effect where... He sometimes still searches for the word in English, so it lets you know that like, he's human, like all of us who are trying to learn his superhuman dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of really nice accents in the line dance community. Even Rosie, with her New York accent. Uh, it also kind of puts you at ease. Yeah, but that that's more of a, like... 
I know. She, she makes you feel like family. Yeah. <laughs> the way she talks. Yeah. All right. Number 115, what's something that everyone, absolutely everyone in the entire world can agree on? That's tricky. We all die. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I can find exceptions just about everything that's popping to mind. Right? Um, every... <laughs> Maybe something to do with, like, self-preservation. Because people, even if they're Buddhist and, you know, want to remove all attachments, they don't go around just killing themselves as soon as they become aware of their own existence. Like, they still think, even if they don't put too much stock in possessions and relationships and whatever, they still think it's better to be around to do the work that they're doing, whatever that work is then just remove themselves completely. Even the people who are sad in high school and emotional and think, oh, everything's awful, mostly they still stop themselves from doing anything uh, self-destructive you know, terminally. The majority of people continue to choose to live. Yeah. So maybe the, the thing that people or most people would agree on is like living is better than being dead. Even if they're suffering, they would rather live happy than be dead. So it's not like they, you mean they live just sad. Hmm? Live sad, then be dead. No, no, no. Like people who think everything is awful, they're not saying, "Man, I would rather be dead than have anything good improve in my life." They would rather have the improvement. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Huh. I have one. Hmm. The traffic sucks. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody can agree on that. Yeah, a lot of people just don't like waiting needlessly and <laughs> having to deal with other people's plans and in, uh, inhibiting them from accomplishing their own. Whether that's like waiting for a flight or waiting... I mean, there are a lot of flight waits that I can think of. <laughs> uh, like waiting to get uh, across the tarmac to your gate so that you can um, get off the plane. Yeah, waiting in line at the grocery store waiting in your car among every other car uh, I guess another I mean still on the negative being sick sucks yeah like nobody likes being sick I think people prefer to breathe through their nostrils and then when they can't they're upset that they can't and there yeah. aren't a lot of people I know of that think oh boy I'm so glad I have an excuse to breathe through my mouth all day right and night <laughs> alright oh what about dance wise uh, hmm. See, that's that's tough. That is tricky because is, not everybody likes dance. Which I, was gonna th I think it's crazy, but I was thinking in the dance in the line dance world, we can't all even agree that we like Gypsy Queen, despite how many people do it, or Dizzy, or Lonely Drum. But I feel like a lot of people, more people, will choose to learn and do Lonely Drum than not. There are some that people will pick up, even if they won't learn like Simplemente or Blue Night Cha or something. And that would be one of those few that I think, at this point, most people who've known about line dance for five years or longer have probably done Lonely Drum at least once. I if, can, they, if they know the dance exists. Yeah. I can safely and confidently say that everybody in the line dance community can admit that they absolutely love Joe and Rachel. Yes. 
abs- that is, yeah. <laughs> if they know that they exist, if they've seen them do anything, they like them. <laughs> they've talked reason. to them, yeah. Alright, up next we have 116. What country is the strangest? The United States. I don't know. I am. The only other country I've been to is the Bahamas. I don't think it counts. Country is the strangest. I'm not sure if Antarctica is a country or it's just a continent that has like a loose system of like governance via right. scientists. I really don't know. That's why I don't think I can count the Bahamas. Yeah. Maybe Australia. They have this whole big section of outback, but then they have all these metropolitan areas on the coast. They have everything that could kill you. In like every field, water, you know, land, sea, and air. Um, they swear as a term of endearment. Um, they're a country and a continent, which is strange. Maybe Australia. Hmm. We'll have to ask Maddie and uh, Simon, Simon and Chris. Chris Watson what they think about that. But yeah, you're right. You know, the United States is odd because of the non-metric thing that we insist upon still doing with feet and inches along with South Yemen or something. Everyone else seems to have gotten onto the metric standard. And what, our um, Fahrenheit versus Celsius thing? Yeah. Hmm. All right. I wonder what country is the strangest for dance. think if there's anything consistently unusual about the choreography that's come out of any countries in particular. Not really. I mean, Ireland maybe has an unusually large number of popular line dances set to Irish-sounding songs, whereas, like, Denmark doesn't have from what I see on the circuit, a lot of really popular Danish-sounding songs. Yeah, Whereas Ireland is able to make it work somehow. Couldn't you say the same thing about the U.S., though? Well, U.S. just kind of took over the world with its music, so... I mean, we, they all sound like us. Alright. Like, maybe the U.K. has some... I, I don't even really hear that many, like, British accents, like, English-sounding accents in line dance music. If there are popular ones by Brits, they still adopt, like, an American accent. But there are some popular Irish dances where they sing with an Irish brogue. Okay. Hmm. 117, what's the funniest word in the English language? That's a good question. I kind of enjoy pumpernickel. Yeah. Um, trying to think of words that make me laugh or giggle. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like if there's anything from my childhood or anything that I used to find funny, and I'm just drawing a blank at the moment. Are there any dance titles that you can think of that make you happy to say? Oh, I do kind of like when I see uh, when JP or maybe also Louie 
uh, puts on the overhead projector feed the fish instead of feed the fetish. That's enjoyable. I hope people are enjoying the sounds of us thinking right now. Right? My poor little hamster is running really hard right now. I, I, I'm going to have to take a pass on this at the moment because I really can't think of anything. I have my giant list. Okay, I do enjoy the way Jeremy, DJ Jeremy in Reno, pronounces the word cha-cha instead of cha-cha. Uh, it's not really a word word. It's kind of like a sound repeated out twice in succession. Yeah. Let's see. Ha. It's not really in the English language, but we use it still. Mm. Chihuahua. Hmm. I, I always always pronounce it Chihuahua. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Chihuahua. Hootenanny. That's a fun word. It's a John Robinson's dance. Skiffle. I like the word skiffle. Skiffle time. I feel like I'm cheating because I can see all of these. <laughs> you have to drive. That's fine. Thing. Uh, let's see. Mm. I also get to see the coast since you're looking down at the picture. That's true. Trade offs. So I'm thinking we just go to the next question so that you can enjoy this view as well. That seems fair. The last one I could see was Wakey Wakey. That one's kind of cute fun name for um, I Woke Up by One T. That's the the song for the dance Wakey Wakey by Scott Levins and Joe Thompson Zemanski. Hey, Zemanski, that's a fun word. Anyway, uh, 118, number 118, what's some insider knowledge that only people in your line of work have? Sailor Step. I think Sailor Step and Coaster Step, but mostly Sailor Step. Somebody said that that word doesn't exist in other dance forms because they call it pot de beret or something. So, yeah, that's kind of an insider term. Yeah, there's definitely that one. Um, As I say, it doesn't really count for me because I work at a pharmacy. So there's a lot of things there that people just don't know. Um, But going dance-related, definitely what we call steps. Mm Mm-hmm. Insider knowledge. Okay. Um, it is nice to sometimes know who choreographed certain dances. Oh, oh ho, insider knowledge. How Do Something Crazy came about and why there's a towel. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. I like knowing when certain dances were like first competed or first debuted. Sometimes, if you are at Windy City Line Dance Mania and paying attention, you will be able to see the reactions that the pros have to the music that's played for the pro competition. So you'll know, like, I I have no idea what the process was like for Cliché Love Song, because I wasn't there at that Windy City in 2015, but... For other dances, you can see what songs they passed up and which ones they chose for the dances that end up being on the dance floor for the year to come. 
because uh, for, for those who are listening to this and have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, at Windy City Line Dance Mania, there is a pro competition where several categories are listed for potential songs that the team of USA or International can choreograph to, and they will listen to one of them, and if they pick it and they win, then the potential prize for them if they win is, I think, $600. If they say, eh, I don't like this song, let's go to the next one, the prize money gets deducted by $100. So you really have to hope you pick a good category for a surprise song the first time, because the pickier you get, the less money you win if you do win. So yeah, if you are there, or if you're maybe watching a live stream, you will know how that song came to be the big hit song on the dance floors uh, in months to follow. We are now 25 minutes away from our destination, looking to make it there well on time for our teach. <laughs> Do you have any other insider knowledge regarding dance, or shall we go to the next one? I don't know. It's, it's hard because, like, it depends on who you're referring to, like, because I have a little bit more insider knowledge on certain things than, say, some of my friends who only go to the country bars, but I have so much less knowledge than, say, some of my friends who go to circuit events. We also have knowledge in the country bars of what gets shouted during certain songs that might not be shouted at other places. True. Sure. Very true. There was one other one that came to mind, which was some of the names for dances, like Hey Bruce, have stories uh, behind them. And when you start asking around or you're involved in, in the world of dance uh, long enough, you get to pick up some of these uh, stories that are not obvious from the lyrics of the song or the movements in the dance. You really have to do at least a little bit of digging to find out where those names came from. Because of who we are and how we're willing to talk with anyone, we have quite a few fun stories of the past um, of adventures that some people have been on the one that comes to mind happens to be, I'm going to sum it up with very, very interesting, but sorry, I'm not going into any more detail. Senior Frog Boxers. Yeah, I figured that was the one <laughs> that uh, came to mind for you. Yeah. All right, up next, let us see what the number is that it follows the one we just read. 119, who do you wish you could get back into contact with? Neil Hale, because we talked about doing some guitar jamming, <laughs> and I've learned some new songs since the last time we spoke, so I'm hoping that we can get together and, uh, and play some play some tunes on guitar. Yeah, it's a little bit tricky, because like I have certain people's contact information at my fingertips, especially with social media being what it is, mm -hmm. um, but always I would love to be in contact with Joe. Oh, always, yeah, definitely. So... And not that I've lost contact with her, but it's certainly one of those that I would always just love to be able to talk to her. Mm -hmm. um, but who would I, like, love to be able to get in, back in contact with? Ooh, Max Perry. 
I, I met him once at Vegas Dance Explosion 2015, but he does not make a lot of appearances. And I, I didn't really know much about the line dance world at, at that time, so I didn't really think of certain questions that I could have asked him if I had had him sitting right across from me. Right. But if I did now, oh man, I would definitely have uh, have a, a longer conversation with him given the opportunity. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. think of someone that comes to mind that I couldn't just message. Yeah. Yeah, that is tricky. It would be nice to have another weekend with um, Amy like when we visited uh, for her social. That way we can hang out with her and Darren, assuming they're in town. (laughs) Right. And not at work. Hmm. Number 120, how do you make yourself sleep? When you can't seem to get to sleep, I initiate a dream. I just let myself free associate the way that you do when you're so sleepy that like you can't stop your mind from going into all kinds of crazy directions. I just push my mind into that direction. And at some point, all the free association just uh, keeps me going until I'm out. So there's, there's a few things. Depends on the level of not being able to sleep. Sometimes there's just those those nights that I just can't and no matter what I try it doesn't work um I will watch a movie so that my eyes get tired but I have to watch something I've already seen makes sense so that I if I close my eyes I can still hear it playing but I do not like have to watch it right so um generally one of my go-to movies used to be uh Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley and I knew that if I made it to the first scene where they're at the ball dancing, the first dance, where she first meets uh, Mr. Darcy, um, if I make it past that, I'm going to be up the whole movie. But if I can fall asleep before then, then I'm good to go. Um, I actually use a heating pad to relax my back. Um, I can't take a shower, though, right before bed, typically. Um, it wakes me up a little bit, so it takes me a little bit longer to fall asleep. Um, although I do that at dance events, but again, that's also typically like way early in the morning by the time we're going to bed. Um, melatonin. Say melatonin is another one. Other than that, I don't know if I have a whole lot of other tricks. White noise sometimes helps if it's uh, if it's one of those nights where I can't sleep because of distractions outside my door. Like even if I'm really sleepy and I'm starting to drift off, and then someone like swears into their phone in the hallway, and like, Ugh, then having my fan on sometimes will help. Yeah, just drowns that out. I also bought a vibrating alarm clock. So that if absolutely necessary, I can put in earplugs and at whatever time my clock is set for, there's a little disc connected to a wire that will vibrate under my pillow. That's very strong and effective. Okay. Yeah. Alright. I'm gonna need your help oh, sure. direction wise. So here. for anybody who is coming south across the Golden Gate Bridge to the peninsula. 
and you happen to be enjoying our lovely coast road where we currently are. Uh, this is Skyline 35. My parents live very close to here. Uh, that song, Little Boxes, is based on houses in this area. Little Boxes on the hillside. Little Boxes, something, Tiki Tackies. Little Boxes, Little Boxes, and they all look just thing. Well, anyway, if for whatever reason you find yourself not wanting to continue down 35, but rather take 280 down into the events like... Uh, Boots and Buckles socials across the bay or Quick Steppers events down in Burlingame, then very counterintuitively... Oh, and this is a lovely Tesla right there. Right. In blue, no less. Yeah, Tesla. With, with the humpback whale license plate. It says, yeah, Tesla. Oh, I thought it said Yates LA. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, if, you, if you did want to cut over, this is one of the odd things about our, our freeways just in this particular part of town, because we're so non-gridded, what you end up doing is going south on 35 and then going north on 1, which is weird because on the map it ends up looking like a lightning bolt or something. You go south, you go north, and then once you've gone north for a very brief period of time on 1, you go south again on 280. I'm not sure... If that was intentional or if it just kind of was the best they could do with the highway system in this area. But anyhow, that's how you would get back onto 280 from this lovely stretch of Skyline 35. If you are in front of a computer, it might even be worth pulling up Google Street View just to see all the foliage and the paint colors. Hello, Mom and Dad. Hi, family. You can, can see the back of their house from here. <laughs> that is where I grew up. It's so cute. My mom has, uh, at the top of the stairs, there's this window that just faces out onto the alley, and she has these little suction cup snowflake-type things to prevent birds from running into the window, because I think they actually have, and she felt bad. And that's the kind of person my mom is. She's always looking out for you know, little creatures like birds and whatnot. She leaves um, treats out for the, this the neighborhood cat. cats. Yeah kind of a skittish thing. Sometimes it'll come inside, but um, mostly it, just, it seems happy to be out and about. So she, she just makes a little space for it in case it gets cold out. I have a very cool mom. You do. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so as we can continue down this journey, south on 35, north to 1, and then south on 280, we move on to number 121. If people receive a purple heart for bravery, what other what would other color hearts represent. I am going to say rainbow for being fabulous. Alrighty. I just think about how many rainbow themed shirts Jono has that he said he didn't even really realize until I pointed it out. Right. But uh, yeah, he has many, many shirts that have a little bit of rainbow in there and he has, he has quite a bit of sass in his dancing that I enjoy. Oh, that's a tough one. Purple for bravery? Maybe blue for being a peacemaker? Yeah. It's such a calm color. Yellow for being a, a drop of sunshine in people's lives. Oh. I was thinking, like, what color would compassionate be? Ooh, maybe like a fuchsia, like a lavender pink. Because it's soft. It's not like a passionate pink or a passionate red. It's muted. Like pastel. 
interesting. Any others? Not really. I never really thought about that one. I'd have to. I'd really have to take the time. Maybe a green heart for being a lover of nature. If you have a green thumb. Mm-hmm. All right. Where am I? Number one, two, two. What are some of the best vacations you've had? Um, I. It's hard to say vacations. <laughs> so I, I always feel like my vacations I'm more active on. Um, I love any dance event that we go to. That's like a little mini vacation, but also at the same time, you know, work. I had a blast going on the cruise to the Bahamas with my choir. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that. That was that was cool visiting the island of Nassau or Nassau or something like that. Um, anytime I've gone to Disneyland, that's almost a dub. vacation I've loved our road trips to oh, like yeah. LA and to Reno even with blown out tires even with blown out tires because that's the thing you were talking about you know you get a story out of it right so what dance was she teaching that we missed it was one of the longer ones that we wanted to learn something kind of complicated too wasn't Sound of Silence, wasn't Kissing Strangers. I thought it was... Why do I want to say Straight to the Castle? That sounds like it might be right. Yeah, because we had to teach that to ourselves. And that would have been the kind of thing that we would have needed the lesson for that we really wanted to be there for. Okay. I have been on vacation to Hawaii... Uh, that was in 2005 with my parents. We were visiting my sister, who is going to University of Hawaii in Manoa. So that was nifty, you know. Didn't really know what to do there. It was just kind of sunny. I enjoyed Hawaii. I think I enjoyed going to the Netherlands and Paris, but I was 14. And again, I was kind of just doing whatever my mom and sister were doing when we were on that trip. So it was all, it was all right. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that just on paper I got to see a lot of cool sights, but it's not the kind of vacation that I think about a lot. I'm not always reminded of it. Mm, I re- oh, speaking of road trips, some of my solo road trips from before I knew about like circuit stuff were a big step for me because... I had no company and I just kind of had to like make things work and it was very for me it felt like you know pioneerish exploring uncharted territory before I knew these people see now I know these people at these different places so I just you know find out what they're doing in their area on their Facebook I didn't have that then because I hadn't met them yet so it felt very Star Trek Voyager and that was a show I grew up with. And I, I loved the idea of meeting new civilizations and seeing what's, what strange customs they have and also bringing a, some of your own stuff to them. And 
that's what I got to do a lot of on those road trips. Just kind of in the company of my own thoughts. It is nice having company with you as well. It's just a different feeling. Totally understand. Yeah. It's kind of fun not having a safety net, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different for me because when I went on my solo road trip, I was going down there to see everybody that I knew. But it was still, like, I had to go by myself. So that was interesting. Number one, two, three. If there was a book of commandments for the modern world, what would some of the rules be? Stay in your lane. As we're on the road. Um, well, there's a difference between what they would be and what they should be. Okay. I, I think. Because I don't think I would agree with what they would be so much as what I think they should be. Okay. And I still think that, like, it needs to be about compassion and honesty and that kind of general good-natured kind of vibe. One commandment that would be one of those would-be, but it shouldn't be the way things are, is don't expect anything that you put online to stay private forever. Yeah. Because people get hacked people get angry and share things they shouldn't from a time when those things were private. Um, yeah. All kinds of things can happen and as, as long as it's connected to the cloud in some form, it'll never really go away. Or at least you should not expect that it ever will. Um, I guess there was one that I remember from the book Ishmael and it was either Ishmael or one of the sequels and the idea was that in nature animals are free to take as much as they need but you don't see them taking more just to deprive someone else of it like lions will eat their fill but they don't kill things unnecessarily just so the hyenas can't eat humans do that we kind of break the rules in that way. And that's one of those rules that should be, like, only take what you need. Don't don't mess with other people's lives just because you think that'll give you an advantage. That's one of the rules that should be but doesn't really exist as a would-be-accepted-in-modern-times rule. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else we've got here. What's the craziest video you've ever seen? Oh, boy. Roy Verdonk doing trespassing is up there. Dance-wise, yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to reference the little chick video that I mentioned last night with the little chick that, like, takes a swan dive off a cliff and oh, hits yeah. everything on the way down and then basically just shakes it off. <laughs> it's like, wait, what just happened? So that would be one of them. Another dance one would be Roy Hedisabrodo, Fiona Murray, Raymond Sarlemagne, I think Jonas Dahlgren, and a whole bunch of other young people doing The Beast in 2012 in some Scandinavian country, I think Denmark. That is intense. Seeing the variations they do, just completely different on every wall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also that line dance video in, I believe, Germany, where they have... 
a huge Guinness World Record breaking line of dancers on the wall of I think a dam. Yeah, oh, I think that it, was, I think really it was a cool. dam. Yeah, I'm trying to like picture it in my mind. There were mountains everywhere. Yeah, if, if I'm yeah. if I'm going with the same one that you're thinking of, then yes. there's anything else that's crazy crazy video I've seen uh, I remember when Holy Moly first started going viral that was a sight very complicated line dance by the standards of us seeing it at that time a lot of energy a lot of people wearing country western line dance attire like hats and boots and buckles and stuff and plaid yeah that one's still very impressive and just the idea that that many people were even interested in seeing that video to cause them to share it around and get millions of views on it that was pretty crazy I'm not used to other people really knowing about line dance yeah I'd even go so far as say when I see dance demo videos with my name on it. Yeah. That's pretty crazy to me. Oh, yeah. Speaking of personal involvement, I still think it's crazy that I got to demo Funk and Feel It with Rachel at uh, Windy City Line Dance Mania in. 2016 because at, at that time that was when I was ju just becoming aware of Rachel's existence and being in awe of the things that she can do and it's one thing to experience the demo and just kind of like almost black out a little during it you just kind of do the dance and then you get off the, the floor but then to watch it back to really see how many people were there and how tiny <laughs> Rachel and I were in the middle of all of that. That's still very trippy that I thought that I could g just go out and do that. You know, like that was just something to do. Ah, crazy. And I guess we have time for one more before we arrive at our destination in five minutes. One, two, five. What's your back in my day? We. <laughs> Oh, okay. So there's a lot of this. Um, I was actually sitting down with my sister's boyfriend like a week or two ago. And we were talking about something that I had seen on a video. And it got us discussing of like all the technology that we have experienced advancements of in our time. Because the video I'm referencing is a video of three teenagers trying to figure out how to use a rotary phone. And I think I've seen that one. They can't figure out that you have to pick up the handset before you start dialing. So they'll dial it, pick up the handset, and then put it back down. And then the next one will try or whatever. And they couldn't for the life of them figure it out. So then that got me talking to him about, like, it's crazy to think that, you know, we went from that to the um, you know the house phones that had all you pick up the handset and the keypad was on the handset 
and then you you know nowadays if you even have a landline you can dial beforehand and then pick up the handset you know but most people don't even have a landline anymore they just have their cell phones and then it got us talking about like the evolution of the cell phone and then like how way back when there was the pager and so we just started talking about like all the different things that like we've experienced in our youth growing up till now and like what has changed technology wise and we were talking about like computers and AOL dial up and uh, you know AOL's instant messenger and now we have Facebook messenger which is basically the same thing so it's hard for me to connect this to dance or line dance specifically because back in my day doesn't really go that far back yeah so it would have to be something from like Kodiaks and Mavericks and I guess what I would say then is back in my day we learned either on the floor we learned on the floor we learned from the lesson this was even before I started learning from videos I didn't learn that until like moves like Jagger and by then I was already back at SSU Um, and we just accepted that that was the dance if there's a song and they're teaching a dance to it, that is the dance to that song. Also, by the way, there's no choreographer. This dance was delivered from the heavens, and it is the way it is as it was taught to us. Whether or not it was taught correctly to us, who knows? We'd have no way of checking. We didn't know about step sheets. Yeah. So that would be my closest back in my day. We just kind of accepted things at face value and the teacher had complete authority. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and also, the dances that are done at a place are canon. It's not influenceable by your requests or what you would really like to push at that place or what might be brought in by whomever. It's just, this is the set of dances at that place. It has always been this way, and the next time you come back next year, the dances must be exactly the same. And we found out that that is not the case. And we ended up bringing dances to places. And now it's all kind of... Spongy. Spongy. Yeah. All right. Any other back in your days for dance? Not really. you used to wear for shoes or anything? Definitely the boots. But that's still a nowadays thing, too. Um... But now that we're here, I would very much like to just say that you pretty much summed up the majority of everything. All right. Well, in that case, we're going to find ourselves some parking here at Taylor Middle School for this line dance event, Relay for Life, hosted by V. Allen Isidro. Thank you for tuning in to Line Dance Podcast once again with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Marcelia. Until next time, we will... See you on the dance floor.